Are you looking for freedom? Freedom from the daily grind and hustle? Or just finding a way to live the life you always wanted? Then join us on the Investing for Freedom podcast. Our host, Mike Ayala, will help you discover new ways to find freedom with tips, insights, and interviews. You'll learn the exact systems he's used to travel the world and live his best life. True success and happiness are all about freedom. And here's your roadmap on how to find freedom on your own terms. Welcome to the Investing for Freedom podcast. Here's your host, Mike Ayala. Thank you for joining me on the Investing for Freedom podcast. Today, I have a friend who I've gotten to know pretty well over the last couple of years. Uh, Mike Fritz is on the show, and I'm excited because, you know, Mike and I, we were actually just talking off camera, and we've spent so much time together and, you know, just chatting and having conversations, and I've spoken to his groups, and he's spoken to my groups, and uh, I, I had to, like, double take because I'm like, Mike, have you been on the show before? And it's kind of weird that Mike hasn't been, so... I'm really excited to bring you Mike Fritz to the show. And it's kind of random. We were connected. I love people that are spontaneous. We were connected by a mutual uh, friend who was in GoBundance. And it was like, I don't know, maybe three years ago, uh, possibly two. I was having a Christmas party and somebody introduced us. It was just a quick text. And and Mike had just moved to Phoenix, if I remember right. And I was like, dude, we're having yeah. a Christmas party tonight. And Mike's like, we're there. And so I love spontaneous people. And Yeah, I'm, that was a blast, too. The ton of people came, too, man. Yeah, it's fun. You had a rocking party that night. That was sweet. Yeah, our Christmas parties are usually, uh, you know, yeah. we we Epic. have to we have to get back to that because we've been we've been traveling and and not living in our own home for a couple of years. But I think we should be in our home this year, so it should be fun. Well, Mike, yeah. let's let's um let's jump into the four questions. So, question number one: Who has had the greatest impact on your life? Ooh, who's had the greatest impact on my life? That is a great question. So that's going to be a multi, uh, multi-faceted answer. The first person that's had the greatest impact is probably my wife. I met my wife in sixth grade, and uh, uh, she was the first date I ever took. I asked her to recess, and I've been married to her for 21 years. And uh, she's by far had the most impact on me um, from many, many perspectives. Uh, she uh, She's a naturopathic doctor, so she's had a significant impact on my health and the way that I think, and she's addicted to personal development. So she's had a massive, massive impact on me uh, for a close inner circle. Um, if you take that circle out, um, people that had a, a, a the, probably the biggest, uh, one of the people that have had a biggest impact on me business-wise is a, he's become a really good friend. He's been on my podcast a few times, Vinny Chopra, who's a good buddy of mine um, now. But back then, before I really knew anything about this whole world of real estate and commercial and raising capital and he he let me he helped me see it was all possible i remember the first time i joined his group and i joined i got on his first coaching call and i wrote down 11 terms i did not know <laughs> i mean literally like he was talking this high level raising capital all this stuff and i'm like i don't i have no clue what this dude's talking about and uh he graciously walked alongside me and helped me learn all of the things that I didn't know. And he's uh, he's had a major impact on my, I wouldn't be in real, where I am in real estate today without his, um, without his specific uh, injection of his grace and, and teaching. And, and if you've ever met a guy and met Vinny, uh, you probably have, he's, he's around GoBundance for a while. Yep. And, uh, and uh, he has had a massive, uh, massive impact on my life, huge impact on my life. You know, I, I may circle back to that and I may have some questions around it, but I have to just interject um, the first GoBundance event that I went to, Vinny was there and his smile and his presence. And like, he's just yeah. one of those guys that you're like, who is that guy? Like, Totally. 
Yeah, it, it, it totally is. You know, I mean, so we always joke because Vinny comes from a sales background. So he is always selling something. But I can tell you, I've never seen him sell anything that didn't truly add value to people. And that's the true essence of a salesperson, right? A sales guy that you want to be around, those two things don't go in the same bucket usually. Yeah, that's so true. <laughs> and so, and he is just such a, such a good, good hearted man. His family's great. He's just such, such a good dude. So huge, huge impact on me. And I love, you know, I'll tell you, even meeting you through GoBundance, one of the things that I realized even at that Christmas party and I've, most of my life, I've realized a mentor of uh, mine, Dan Kennedy years ago said, if you want to be successful, you have to be courageous enough to be the dumbest person in the room for most of your life. And, uh, and I, I, that was a, that's a hard thing to swallow because none of us wanted to do that. I don't, I sure as heck don't want to do that, but, but you know, guys like Vinny make it safe to be a dumb guy in the room. Yeah. You know, Karen and I were just literally recording right before this. And so that episode will probably be up right before yours. Um, but we did not talk about this you know, off screen. And I think it's just such sage wisdom because what Karen and I were talking about is like, when I'm nervous to go to an event or I'm nervous to be in a room and I want to shrink back and I want to hide. And most people from the outside might be looking, you know, if they know Mike Fritz, they're, they're probably like, Oh, Mike's not scared of anything. Or if they know Mike Ayala, they're probably like, Oh, Mike's not scared of anything. Uh, <laughs> I'm scared of a lot of things, but I oh, intentionally man. put myself in these rooms to your point, because Karen, I literally were just talking about that. Like, I always want to be the dumbest guy in the room. And is it uncomfortable? Yes. Is my ego running 110 miles backwards? Yes. Am I fearful? Yes. Do I not want to say the wrong thing? Yes. But those are the rooms that we get into where we grow the most. Oh, absolutely. I remember I heard Tony Robbins say one time, he said, you know, he said, usually you get around people that are ultra successful and they are usually the people that deal with debilitating fear. Like they deal with a lot of fear. I mean, think about, you know, if I'm buying a piece of real estate for 700,000, that's a level of fear maybe for me, but what about the person that's buying a $70 million property? I tell you that, but I only say that because I remember Tony saying the most successful people, it's not that they don't have fear. They actually usually have more because they have more to worry about. He said, but it's just that they've learned to, to move in spite of it. And I, I, and so, yeah, you, you look at successful people and just understand they've just found mechanisms around their fear and, or through their fear, maybe even more <laughs> correctly said, yeah. because, yeah, I, I wake up every day and I'm like, man, I hope this goes right. I hope this goes right. <laughs> so so I assure you, we are not at the end of the tunnel waiting for y'all to catch up. That's right. not the way it goes. Right, right. Question number two, if you could narrow it down to one thing that has had the greatest impact on your success, what would that one thing be? Yeah. So that's a really, that's a great question. So, um, I, I think that, you know, we've always heard that idea, massive, take massive action, take mm -hmm. massive action. And I realized I'm a, I'm a pretty speedy implementer just by nature. That's just kind of how I run. I run pretty, pretty high energy, high. So I implement quickly. That is both my greatest skill and my greatest weakness. So that has made me more money than anything, but it's also cost me more money than anything. But one of the things that I've realized early on is there's a massive action is 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 after a few things. For example, you need a proven strategy before you take massive action. You need a strategy that other people have proved that works before you take massive action. So I was with this uh, mentor of mine one time, and he laid this out. And this this model has probably had a bigger impact on me than anything. He said, before you take action, you need proven strategy. So the way you do it is you work on your mindset. Then you get strategy, then you take massive action, then you build systems mm. around your action. 
that four-step process has probably had the most impact on me because I don't care if I'm trying to grow in my faith or if I'm trying to grow in my in my business or with my wife. It doesn't matter. All of that four-step system has always worked on how you think, mm-hmm. the strategy you use, what you do, and then the systems around it. That four-step process has probably impacted how I think more than and how I do more than anything else. And and it was kind of a conglomerate of a lot of different people putting that together. But because, of, like I say, it doesn't matter what I'm what I'm moving forward in, that seems to come into play. You know, I love that point that you bring up because the whole take massive action, which I agree with. Um, I do too. But if you just take massive action and you don't know where you're going and you don't have that framework, like what's the point? You exactly. I, it's crazy. So I love it. That's some, exactly. That's some very good tactical um, anchoring wisdom there. I love it. Because a lot of times, I mean, it's like you go to the gym. You can take massive action. You see people, I, I go to the gym each morning. I go to the gym and I've seen people that have gone to the gym for two years and they look the exact same. They're yeah. taking action, but not getting anywhere yeah. because the strategy isn't, isn't in place. And yeah. so it's one of those things where I, I've realized that my speed wants to run ahead of wisdom. Like go yeah. get some wisdom from somebody like you or others like that have been down this road. What is the, what I need to learn before I start yeah. applying? And that has slowed my kind of natural speed down a little bit to say, mm-hmm. okay, am I actually placing pressure in the right direction? Yeah. You know, and I love the gym analogy too, and it, it relays over to other areas too. I was just having this conversation with my trainer. And when you think about it, um, not everything works for everybody equally. And that could be in finance, that could be in business, that could be in our health. And the thing that my trainer was literally totally. just telling me yesterday morning, he had a girl, and this was his exact words, He had a a person that he trained. It was a female. And he said, I trained her for probably eight months. And that girl worked harder than any of my other clients. Like she came in and she worked her butt off, but we didn't see change because she wasn't changing her diet. And primarily Mm. she drank a lot of alcohol. And he's like, those are the two things. Yeah. And you know, but he was making this point too. He's like, alcohol affects people differently as does Mm -hmm. different types of foods, et cetera. And so there's no one size fits all. And so I love that framework that you're talking about because take massive action, go to the gym every day. You can go to the gym every day and you'll see some results, but it may not be massive action. So I love that. Yeah. Yeah. And that, and and again, for me, some people might be slower movers. And the cool thing I like about when I found out that framework, and again, this is there's nothing new under the sun. I didn't create that. I yeah. found other mentors that shared that with me. The cool thing is each person slides into that differently. Some people love to stay on the mindset, but they never move on to getting strategy and acting. Other mm-hmm. people, they want to, this was me for years. I wanted to ignore the mindset and I called myself a tactic junkie. Just tell me what to do. I'll just go do it. Just tell me what to do. Mm-hmm. And then I realized, why am I doing the same thing as a guy like Mike Ayala? And I'm not getting the same results. Mm-hmm. Well, that's because I didn't step back far enough, right? And didn't didn't start where the actual thing starts. And so it's cool because then you can kind of figure out where your tendency lies and you can strengthen that piece. Because a lot of times it's really a success formula. I realized that if, if, you're, if, you're, if you're an action taker like I am, but you want to run past mindset and strategy, you're just going to beat your head on the wall and not see any results. It's going to be very frustrating. Yeah. that It's one of my favorite quotes and it's so simple, but that whole conversation that Alice in Wonderland had with the Cheshire cat, like she gets to the crossroads and she's like, which direction should I go? And he's like, where are you headed? And she's like, I don't know. And he's like, well, then it doesn't really matter. Like it makes so much sense. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's exactly right. Yeah. And I think that's a huge that's a huge piece. And I've even thought about that question of what's impacted me most. You asked that question. I'm like, 
it's changed because the direction of my life has changed, mm -hmm. right? I mean, so it used to be money. I want to make money. I want to make money. And then you get to the realization that, and that doesn't bring as much joy as I thought it was going to bring, you know? Mm -hmm. I mean, and then you start changing more to mission and giving back. It's like, oh, actually, this actually had a better and bigger impact because now it's gotten me to where I see things in a more grounded way and a more um, in, in a more value-based way than just a, you know, I made money, so it's success, right? And so it's allowed me to assign value to, to the right areas of life as well. You know, I love that. Um, and again, Karen and I were just talking about this same thing on the podcast. I feel like we're just kind of mirroring that. Are we, redoing it? <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, we were at an event a few weeks back called uh, Wellspring with Pete Vargas and Tim Tebow came in and spoke. And you know, it just really, that whole weekend put us in a different, um, I guess, frame or a different vibration because, you know, I was sitting down, we were doing paired interviews and I sat down with a guy and his, his 12 month goal was to be at a place where they move from giving away 40% of their, uh, income to giving away 90% of their income. And mm, he, he made this comment amazing. to me, he said, and by the way, I don't know if, you know, I don't know if that's given away 90,000 or 9 million. I don't know what that number yeah, is. It doesn't, doesn't, matter, doesn't really, know. Yeah, exactly. right. Exactly. It doesn't really matter because the thing that he said that was so empowering and, and I love what you just said, like moving through that, that, that question or the process, it could be completely different in six months or 12 months or whatever. And I think that's important that we keep iterating. But the thing that he said, he said, I know that if I'm at the point where I'm giving away 90%, my businesses are fine. My investments are fine. Yeah. And like, and I was like, what a frame of reference to come back to. Like when you think of the one thing concept, the one thing, yeah. if I can get to a point where I'm giving away 90% of my income, that means everything else is taken care of. Totally. And the thing I love when you start talking about giving back, it allows you, because I feel like you almost have two camps in the success world. You have like the heart-based givers that are often broke. Yeah. <laughs> and then you have the financially stable people that are often fairly greedy and stingy. And what I've realized is the cool thing about this is the people over here that are givers, they love to just give and give and give, but they don't have, they, they don't, they haven't focused on revenue enough mm. to create something that has created something for them to give, especially if it's financially driven. And over here, they've worked all on the finances, but they haven't built the mission behind it. Like, why are they actually building millions of dollars? And the cool thing about no matter where you're at in that spectrum, it allows you to focus because truth is some of you out there have a passion to help people don't have the money because mm -hmm. you need to figure out find that money piece and i remember robert kiyosaki saying this years ago you can't save your way to wealth you've got to earn your way there so you can give you can't give out of an empty bucket and then you got people here that have a full bucket but don't have the heart to give and that cool thing about that spectrum is that shifted for me is it's okay to focus on building that mm -hmm. in pursuit of giving so there's a time to abandon all and focus on your business to grow that wealth and i think that's been demonized in the pursuit of giving back when really that's the path to giving back. Yeah. And so I think, I think demonizing one or the other, I think it's just, it's a combination thereof. Yeah. I love the Kiyosaki isms as you were saying that <laughs> one of my favorites is it's almost like he pulls out this glove and just slaps you across the face. But one, I, I love what he says about, you know, they're called brokers cause they're broker than you are. That's <laughs> like, yeah, so true. Oh my goodness. Um, yeah. Yeah. He, uh, he had, he definitely, uh, has, has a lot of one liners over the years that he's just He's a smart, smart man. You know, I love, um, again, just circling back to the, the charitable aspect and, and, and the thing that you said that, that kind of, I think sent us down this, this little, um, bunny trail, if you will, is, you know, it's, it, obviously we all want to make more money, but there comes a point, And I, 
I'm going to slaughter the way you said it exactly, but there comes a point where it's not really about more money. More money's not going to make me more happy per se. But the one thing that I love when we start shifting that mindset, Kara, Kara's always been really great about this. Everybody's always talking about, you know, one of my favorite books, the richest man in Babylon, a 10th of all you make mm-hmm. is yours to keep put away 10%, great. you know, for investment, et cetera. The thing that Kara's done is like, whatever's important to us. And I'll, I'll kick this back to you, but just kind of like designing what really matters to you. And it's not always about more money. It's not always about more doors. It's not always about more investments. Kara has always, what's important to us is, you know, giving family time, vacations, you know, um, but also investing in, in those three things. I mean, Kara's always been really great about this. We have like the 70% that we live on. And then she has a separate bank account where she puts, she puts 10% away for giving. She puts 10% away for investing and she puts 10% away for um, vacations and travel. Like those are kind of the core three buckets that really matter to us. And if they really matter to us, then we separate it. And I can't tell you how many times I've gone to Kara and I've said, Hey, this person's having this problem. I want to give them money. Do we have any money? And she's like, Oh yeah, we have X amount of zeros in, in our giving account. And I'm just like, what you measure matters. And that's like an old saying, but also like, if it really matters, you're going to have buckets to just pour it into automatically. Totally. That's a really great, I love, I love that. That's a, that's a fantastic way to look at money. Cause I feel like you're right. I mean, for me, money has always been like, if there's something I, I want to do and can't do it because of money, then I need to focus on a money issue. Mm-hmm. But you get to a point where there's not really a vacation you couldn't take or a thing you couldn't buy that you wanted. Maybe you couldn't buy yeah. an island in Fiji. But my point in saying that is, is most of the stuff that, you know, you get to a point, it's like, okay, I could buy that stuff. Now what? Yeah. And that now what is, in my, in my opinion, what you just said, it's getting down to what really, really matters to you, which it's different for everybody. Yeah. So we have that similar thing where we, we do it a little bit. It's a little bit different for us. We do a, a 10% wealth account, which is all of our investing and a 10% giving. We give straight to, for us, our church supports. We give that straight to our church. And and uh, and then uh, we don't do a vacation account we, separately. But now that you're saying that, I'm like, I need to add that. That's a really good idea. So that's a fantastic idea. But I think it's really important to have that because one of the things that I, I will say, uh, us commercial investors will probably not agree with uh, with a lot of what Dave Ramsey says. Um, and maybe he's probably never even been mentioned, but Dave Ramsey does give a really good statement when he says giving every dollar a name. And my opinion mm-hmm. is that's a great way to give dollars names and say, Hey, this dollar is titled for giving. We're going to, we're going to bless people's lives with that. This dollar is titled for our family. Mm-hmm. You know, we're going to go away and connect as a family with that. And this one's wealth creation. So our kids and grandkids or whatever have, you know, a blessing. And to me, I, that just is so that's living with such specificity that it's hard to fail with those kinds of structures. I yeah. love that. You know, as a, as a side note, and I, I, uh, you know, even with Dave Ramsey, we've used Dave Ramsey's envelope system. That's kind of where the, the three buckets really came into play. And sure. um, so, you know, I, I'm not anti Dave Ramsey. In fact, there's a lot, here's the thing that I think yeah. about Dave Ramsey. Um, I think the majority of people need Dave Ramsey's philosophies. I don't want to be the majority of people. Exactly. That's a, that's a great way to put it. Mike. And the thing is, I always say, I pretty much only disagree with Dave on debt. That's about, about the only thing I just, I disagree with almost all his stuff. I just disagree with the leverage of debt. That's it. Um, I think that debt is a good thing to leverage, especially in an inflationary market. And he doesn't, that's cool. But I hope to impact 8% of the amount of people that man has impacted in my lifetime. I mean, he's impacted so many people that I'm, I mean, and my wife and I, when I was a, uh, a pastor making thirty-seven thousand dollars a year in two thousand seven. 
we used his envelope system to get out of debt and start thinking about our money differently. And yeah. so he's impacted, he was a huge impact on me. But like I say, I think he gets a lot of salt thrown at him from the real estate boys, but I think, and girls, but I think that he's impacted so many people and he, and us too, man, that's where we start. Yeah. And, and I think it's to your point, I think you bring up a valuable thing. I think the reason why he gets so much mud flung at him from us commercial guys and investors is because of the, the power and the ability of leverage, but most people don't know how to utilize that debt. And that's the real, exactly. real challenge. And, you know, even I, my, my oldest son, Dylan and his girlfriend were at our house like two weeks ago and an Amazon package showed up and it was an envelope system. And so, you know, I think when people are learning to manage money and go through, I think that it's, you can't, you can't find better wisdom, but the reality no. is like, I don't know that you're going to build legacy general. It's a very, very big anomaly to be someone that builds like huge impact the way he has and builds a big portfolio and has legacy generational wealth and doesn't utilize debt. So you make a good point there. Yeah. Well, and, and I think as well, he has, you know, you take, if you take you and I, the thinkers of just kind of like financial people, we, we study how money works and where it should move and how to leverage other people's money, both in private capital and institutional capital, all that stuff. We are amongst 1% of people. He's going towards the 95% of people that go to a job, have a 401k, and are investing in that 401k. And that's their only hope to retire and not have more life left at the end of their money. Mm -hmm. That's their only hope is to strategically plan for that moment. And and he's filled a gap for 95% of, of, of people. And so that's why I think he's had such a huge, huge impact. And because he's created a product that serves 95% of people, he can have a bill, a business that's probably a multiple eight figure business, right? Yeah. Maybe even, maybe even more. And so, and so because his market's so big and, and he's a fantastic communicator, I mean, obviously, yeah. but, uh, but I love the fact that I don't need to, I don't need to demonize him. I don't need to demonize the personalities of the big boys online because I think there's value in all of these people to sure. extract. Yeah. 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 What was your greatest setback and what did you learn from it? So my greatest setback, uh, 2015. So for the last decade, for those of you that don't know, out of uh, high school, I started a construction business, sold that business to go to Bible college and be a pastor. So I was a pastor for seven years, youth pastor, and then uh, started in 2011. I went full time uh, on the road and, and was a traveling uh, leadership speaker at high schools, colleges, university for, for a decade. I was just 150 flights a year. I was just always on the road. I spoke all over the country. And uh, that was my life. And I loved it. Obviously, when COVID happened, that came to a screeching halt. And I'll talk about that in a second. But in 2015, I launched a, a business uh, that I taught speakers. I taught people how to leverage speaking to build a business or to start getting paid. I was really more teaching people how to get checks from speaking. If I had it to do over again, I'd just teach people how to leverage speaking to grow a business. But back in 2015, I started this information product teaching people how to get on stage, how to connect with people, right? So the, I, I had a person uh, approach me to buy my information business, and I didn't want to sell it, but he also had an information business. We ended up partnering up on that information business, and because I was naive, I didn't. Uh, when we were in the middle of that contractual process, I didn't. Uh, I was very naive. I let his, you know, kind of attorney team draw everything up, and I didn't understand how everything worked. I was young and stupid, so uh, have grace on me in the comments. Uh, but. Uh, I was, uh, I, I didn't check all the contract and he wrote a silent $42 check to the company, which transferred shares. I didn't know about that check and I never wrote a check. So I never had any shares transferred. So I put all of my content, everything I owned into this bucket 
and I thought I owned the company and I owned nothing. Mm. Well, we had a, we started to have a little bit of a riff in the dis. We really disagreed on the intrinsic value of people. I really believed people were the point. He believed people were the path. Mm. They just passed to an end. And we really disagreed on that. And that was just more my faith coming. Out. I really feel people are the reason why we do what we do, not a means to getting what we've done. And, and he was different on that, that viewpoint. And uh, so we started to have a rift. I said, you know, what? I think it's time we just, you know, kind of parted ways. And I was walked into a room, him and uh, a CEO of another company. And he said, you no longer work here. And I'm like, what do you mean? We own the company. He says, you never wrote a check to the company. You own nothing. And I was walked out by two security guards. My computer was confiscated and I was sent home and I was kicked out of the industry on a one year non-compete. So I could not teach any information in the speaking business for one year. And I had $2,000 in the bank. I was broke. That was 2000. That was 2017. Mm. Um, 2017, I walked out I had, and I had nothing. And so that was the biggest setback in my life. Um, and I will tell you. So after that, so I go home. I have nothing. So I'm sitting on the couch I, i'm not even i'm not even to the point of crying yet because i i still don't even know what just happened yeah. it's like i just got in a brawl and i didn't even know where the guys were coming from and so i'm, I'm sitting on the couch i'm like you gotta be kidding like what and so i start calling some of my buddies and they're like you gotta be kidding me why don't you do this and i'm like i can't i'm in a non-compete blah, blah, blah. well while we were in the company i uh, i was just i was part, part of my job was i just made sure all of our files were backed up on hard drives and all that kind of stuff and i just had gotten quote unquote fired. Now, again, <laughs> I didn't even know what that meant. I'm like, how do you fire? I own the company. Well, apparently I didn't. Um, and uh, I'm sitting home and I, I, I always backed her files up on a hard drive. I just kept that in my backpack because we were going. Well, two days later, I'm sitting on the couch and I get a knock at the door. I open the door up and it was a, it was a uh, server, somebody who serves papers. And I was being sued on nine counts of computer fraud in federal court. Because I had the hard drive and I had stolen IP, which was, by the way, all mine anyway. I was stolen IP from the company and I was sued on nine counts of computer fraud in federal court in 2017. Wow. And so and so I'm sitting again. So now it's not just that I have nothing. It's that I have no money to pay attorneys or anything. So I had to call up and find an attorney that would take a credit card because that's all I had. I had a little bit of credit card space. So I found an attorney that would take a credit card. And he wasn't even that good. He just wouldn't take a credit card. So I, I could at least go attorney to attorney. And I racked up attorney bills and finally they, we quote unquote settled and uh, I had to pay a bunch of money and to, to just get the thing to go away. And I was dead broke in 2017. I moved in with family because I couldn't afford rent. And so when I talk about setbacks, that one, that was that was a big one. And uh, but um, and I don't know, I don't no matter what you believe, there's a verse in the Bible that's always stuck with me in Genesis chapter 50, where it says what you meant for evil, God meant for good. Mm. And I can tell you that day that it was the greatest thing that ever happened to me. That day, I wasn't saying that, but I can tell you the path it spun me on, I would not be here today without that moment. Yeah. And um, it almost ruined my marriage because I was spending 100 hours a week working, trying to trying to get this business off the ground and everything that mattered to me. I wasn't going to church. I, I was mm. not losing my faith, but I was just not... Everything that I quote unquote stood for, I found out I really didn't stand for. I stood for one thing and that was money. Wow. And I can tell you that that specific story, that the whole reason that happened was because I had an unhealthy relationship with money. Wow. I was willing to sacrifice things I shouldn't have sacrificed in order to get money. And it took that experience to free me of the love of money. Wow. Now I'm like, to me, I mean, a building's a building. Yeah. 
you know, cash flow. It's just, I, I need cash flow to, to make my life float. Yeah. But back then I needed it because it, assigned, it was who I was. I needed it to feel valuable. Yeah. That's and cool. without that experience, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be here. Yeah. So, so powerful, man. And that's what I love about having these types of conversations. Cause all the conversations we've ever had, um, I, I didn't know that. And, you know, a lot of times I think people would look at a Mike Fritz and they're like, Oh, you know, yeah, Mike's, Mike's lucky or Mike's this, or, you know, Mike was blessed or Mike was this or yeah, no, Mike's, Mike's earned his stripes and he learned his lessons and that's why oh, Mike man. is who he is. Yeah. I remember when we had $2,000 in the bank, our rent was $1,550. And so, and that was coming in like two weeks. It was like all the money I had. That's why we moved back in. And I tell that story because I feel like a lot of people, you know, I was reading the book, Alex Hermosi. A lot of people know who Alex is. He's floating around the internet a lot right now. And he wrote a book, The $100 Million Offers. And he talked in that book about he had a similar business situation where he was basically broke yeah. and he had a $100,000 bill and couldn't hardly pay it. And he was just, he had no money. Yeah. And I think about that and I'm like, every single successful entrepreneur I sit down with has some sort of, I didn't know if we were going to make it story. Mm -hmm. And, and I think it's because to really create something that matters, it takes giving up a piece of, so it, it, I'm, I'm going to say this in a philosophical way but I, I, that I learned through this. It takes giving up the pieces that you can't create the life you want if they're still there. Mm -hmm. But it takes bad experiences to rip those pieces off of who you are. Yeah. And so I had to give up those junk pieces in order to get to where I wanted to get. But I couldn't give up those pieces without going through something that was highly uncomfortable. Yeah. And sometimes those pieces are people and sometimes those pieces yeah. are businesses and... You know. mindsets or thoughts or, oh, I mean, some of it's our patterns we learn from our parents. I mean, mm -hmm. if we're, if we're just being honest, you know? Yeah. And so, yeah, it's, it's, it's giving up those, you're hundred percent right. So good. What is the single piece of advice you find yourself sharing the most? Ooh, that is a great question. The single piece of advice I feel like I'm sharing more and more and more is this success. All of success starts internally. And I did the reason I think I share that more and more and more and more is because I believed it. I've believed that so little. Most of my life, I looked at a Mike Ayala and a guy, another guy. I'm like, man, these guys are crushing it. I need to figure out what they're doing, mm. not how they're thinking mm. or what they're doing behind closed doors. What does their morning routine look like? What does their marriage look like? What does their parenting look like? What is their what are they doing that creates the kind of person that can create that? That's what I should have been asking. I wasn't asking that. I was asking, what, what do you do on a daily basis? How do you find investors? How do you find deals? Yeah. How do you, all of the tactics that you can learn by reading a book, right? Yeah. And, uh, and, uh, and, and that's the biggest thing I, I learned is that, you know, Tony Robbins, you say this all the time, right? We've all heard this statement. You know, success is 80% psychology, 20% mechanics. Well, it's so easy to hear a guy like Tony. It's like that, that preaches well, but dude, you got to get out and do it. Right. <laughs> yeah. But the more I, the more I learn, I'm like, no, he's yeah. right. It yeah. is so much internal. It's how you take care of your body. It's how you think it's what your first thoughts before you go to bed. And when you wake up and are, what are you reading? What are you thinking? What are you meditating on? All of that stuff mm -hmm. is, it's not part of, it is the blueprint. And then the ta like I said, the tactics can be learned in a weekend seminar. Sure. I mean, you know, you need to work them out and practice. You know, you've learned the tactics and you practice so you're good at them, but you can learn that in a weekend seminar. You know, it's always like, 
Mike, how do you raise capital? I'm like, dude, you can read a good book and re- learn how to raise capital. It's not about that. It's, yeah. it's about all the things that go into that. And so the piece of advice I keep learning is spend so much more of your time focused on how you think and who you are if you want to create a different life. Because you can't create a different life with the same person. Yeah, You have to become somebody different. And I, I believed that, or I didn't believe that for most of my life. Yeah. It's such a great point. And, and I've said this for, you know, quite a while, everybody, everybody loves to talk about, or, you know, quote the Jim Rohn saying, you're the average of the five people you spend the most right. time with. But what I've, what I've realized is like, when I'm wanting to get in it, this goes back to what we're saying, being the dumbest guy in the room or, or whatever. Yeah. When, when I want to surround myself with people that are thinking bigger or, I want to up my, you know, average of the five people I spend the most time with, et cetera. The question that I'm constantly asking is like, who do I have to become for those mm-hmm. five people to let me into their world? Because even if that you find, you know, even if you find five people that are going to level up your marriage average or your financial average or your business acumen or your investor acumen, like what makes you think that they're going to let you hang out with them That's if you're so just, true, you know, like dude. a shithead? Yeah, it's not like you're just going to, Facebook message them and ask them for their cell phone. It doesn't work that way. Yeah. No, yeah. that is a real, that's like reverse engineering. I've never heard it done that way. That is a really good point. Well, yeah, and, what, and what do I have to do? That's a great question. Yeah. And the point that you're making, which is such sage advice, it's like, I mean, even with raising capital to your point, you could read the book and you could put all the systems together and you could, you know, run sponsored ads for people that are searching mobile home parks or multifamily yep. or whatever. But the reality is like, who do you have to become in order to like, when you get on a call with that investor, you know, convince them, you you shouldn't have to convince them. Like if you're having to work that hard for people to give you your process might be great, but the reality is you might raise $0 because nobody wants to invest with you. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. This is the thing that I, I talk about in, uh, I talk about when I'm I'm teaching our inner circle students all the time. They're like, Mike, how do you raise cash? capital. I'm like, you have to become the magnet of money, right? You have to become somebody that money comes to because it's real hard to go get private capital. Mm-hmm. It's a lot easier to draw private capital yep. and um, um, by being the right kind of person. And my wife has been harping on this for, she calls it inner work. She's been harping on this. Like she's a naturopath and she really focuses for with people, diet, nutrition, health, exercise, but she spends probably, I would say 80% of her time training mindset because she knows you really can't change your diet or your exercise habits or your morning routines or any of that without shifting your thinking. You just can't do it. And uh, I think that's, you know, if you and I, this is, this is why like the the people always talk about the the gap of, you know, there's a, there's a big gap of the haves and the have nots. And I'll tell you the reason is not because opportunity doesn't exist is because people don't have the same education. We're not learning the same stuff. And so when you think about this, you think about like, why is there such a gap of success? Mm. If you and I were to run a seminar, if you and I were to run Facebook ads and Mike Ayala and Mike Fritz are putting on an event, how to increase your mindset, how to grow your mindset to become a successful entrepreneur. It would be the hardest event to fill in the world because you cannot sell a mindset event. Nobody Mm. out there is selling a mindset event because you can't fill it. Yeah. And yet it's the only thing that gets people there. So you want to know why there's such a big success gap It's because people, People are aiming at the wrong target. Mm. You ought to be going to all the mindset events and screw the tactic events. You go read a book on that. Yeah. And and I'm telling you this from a recovering tactic junkie. So yeah. don't don't I'm not judging you. <laughs> totally, I was totally. if that's what you're if that's what you're you're tied up in. But you know, if you were not were to throw an event, nobody would come to that because it's not sexy enough. Yeah. But that is the that's the groundbreaking work. 
It's so true, man. Well, let's let's shift gears a little bit. I want to make sure that I give you a few minutes to just talk about. Um, we 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 get to hear the stories about you know 2017 and and you've lost everything. That wasn't that long ago, by the way. And and to, again, this is why I love having these conversations because again, from a tactics perspective, and that's kind of like the theme of. By the way, I love the wisdom and how you just bring that back because I agree with you. From a tactics perspective, we can talk about you know Mike Fritz and multifamily. Again, I've spoken you know to your group. You lo- do a lot of amazing. Yep challenges where you teach people how to invest and um, you've got a great portfolio yourself. You manage money, you have investors that work with you. I love that you bring it back to like the mindset and the tactics. And the reason why I pointed, you know, 2017 wasn't that long ago. And what I love about having these conversations in the show, the way that I've structured the show is I really get to know Mike. And so kind of bring me, I didn't know that until today and we know each other pretty well. Um, and you know, I look at you and I just see the, the success version, but I know here's the thing that I know for sure. And when I was structuring this show behind every successful person is one or two or 50 or 5,000 failures. And I love to really just get into that. So why don't you take us from there, um, to today and what that journey's looked like and, and what you're doing? Yeah. So uh, like I said, for 10 years, I traveled the country and spoke and I was this, I was this tactic junkie. When that happened, I switched and I really started working on who I was. I actually out of that went and got a job from 2018 to 2019. I got a job. I was, I actually went back to Christian school teaching. I was a Christian school teacher from 2018 to 2019. A lot of people don't know that is that I went back and got a job just to stabilize income while I figured out my next move. And so what did I do after that? Well, I knew one thing. I knew how to get booked to speak. So I went back on the road, right, and started speaking. Then I, 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 I taught for one year in 2019. And so so to, they allowed me to speak. That was part of the reason why I became a teacher. They allowed me to travel and speak and do my thing. So for a couple of years, I was building my portfolio of speaking back up. And mm. my wife and I, from 2011 to 2000. 20, we had about 13 units of property, just little units we had bought ourselves. And there were little rental properties, a couple duplexes and a three unit, a couple single families, just a couple rental properties up in Michigan where I grew up. Well, when 2020 hit and COVID hit, I lost 37 speaking engagements in 48 hours. Wow. Uh, so they all went away. And this was before the virtual had come around. And I'm thankful for virtual. I truly am. Mm-hmm. It's not me. I'm more of a live guy. I love to be in person with people and connecting yeah. with people. Um, I'm true. That's just who I am. And so in 2020, I turned to Leanne when all of that went away. And that was in March. And I said, Hey, hon, what do you think if we, if I went into real, if I just went full time into real estate? And she said, she said, well, what would that look like? I'm like, I have no idea. Like I, 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 instead of spending time looking for speaking engagements, I'll spend time looking for properties. What are we going to do about the money? Well, I know people raise capital. Well, how do you do that? So I reached out to, uh, I started Googling, found Vinny Chopra, joined his mastermind in 2020. And since then, we've, uh, in in two years, now again, I, I don't tell you these numbers. In yeah. two years, we've raised almost $30 million. And um, my team, I, I just, I partner with a guy, we do a lot of deals together. His team has raised 35. Together, our teams have done over 70 million in capital in two years. Now I tell you that because I spent so many years working on tactics. But then when I started working on mindset, it mm. clicked. And so, um, and in 2020, we just went gang, but I bought my first commercial property. I closed almost a year ago to the day, 9-11, 2020. I closed on my first commercial asset. 
Wow. And, uh, and so, and then the last two years have been, have been, uh, uh, you know, just kind of a blur. Yeah. And so, uh, and it's been by God's grace and I'm truly grateful, but that, that process again, I realized one of the things I realized in that process is the more successful people I got around people like you and people like that, you know, all of these people that are just, they're just doing it. It's interesting. The conversations are not around how much money have you raised, mm -hmm. how much, uh, how many buildings do you have? How many it's, that's not the conversation. Yeah. It's, it's a different conversation. It's how it's, how are we giving back? How do we, how do we let, how do we blend our faith in with our, with our, uh, our mission? How do we, you know, how do we, how do we grow sustainably? How do we get more time? How do we build better systems so we can have more time with our family? Yeah. It's interesting. The conversation changes. I, there's so few people, you know, Zig Ziglar used to say, what was his famous phrase? I'll see you at the top, yeah. right? I'll see you at the top. And what I've realized about people at the top is the conversation's a lot different. Yeah. Wait, people at the bottom are like, what do you think it takes to do that? People at the top are like, how do we do this working less? with less steps? Mm. How do we do this expending less muscle so I can expend it in other areas of my life and not miss church and not miss my kids dance recitals and art shows and the conversation changes. And so what I realized is the more like, yeah, it's funny yesterday, I've been working on a couple of properties that are just kind of those headache properties. We all have them that yeah. you're just like, man, I got to get this thing stabilized or whatever. And yesterday I decided I was going to play golf. And uh, my golfing uh, thing got canceled. And so we ended up rescheduling and I had about a five, six hour window. And I, I told Leanne, I said, Hey, let's just spend that together. I was going to be golfing anyway. Let's just block it out and spend it together. We spent that day together and I got like three or four pieces of really good news on properties I've been working on. Mm. And I can't help but think when we align priority, mm -hmm. we get results. Yeah. And, but building wealth is all like, I got to focus every day. I got to focus and grind and grind and grind. And it's interesting at the top, people talk about, how to work less with higher, mm. higher success with less effort. And so that's the process of, of like getting here now. How do I buy property without having to go visit the asset? Yeah. How do I raise capital without having to talk to the investor? Mm -hmm. How do I, how do I grow while I, my wife and I are in Hawaii enjoying the beautiful weather? How does that happen? And that's the conversation you have as you get further up. Yeah. And I'm, I'm and by the way, I'm a student. I'm a very novice student at, at that concept and I'm learning that. Yeah, same. And you know, I was at a GoBundance event where Christopher Lockhead was speaking and and he said when you if if you remember nothing else, he said when you get to the top, throw down the F and rope. That's how he said it. Yeah. And that's a great way. Yeah, and you know, I love what you're talking about because I, I'm 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 reminded of a phrase, um, you know, it's lonely at the top. And I don't I just don't I don't believe that. I think what happens is people get to the top or what they think is the top and they haven't found their tribe or their community. They're still having oh, conversations oh, with, you know, um, turkeys when they're eagles, right? That whole, that phrase. Yeah, and I think the reality right, is right. like, I don't, I don't agree with it's lonely at the top. I have, no. I have yeah. better conversations. I'm more fulfilled. It may not be as many conversations, may not be That's thousands of conversations. That's the point. I think you're right. I think there's, it's not, it's less crowded, but you have depth of relationship. Mm -hmm. People at the top aren't looking for acquaintances. They're looking for deep relationships. Yeah. And so have 500 friends, we can't maintain that anyway, but you're going to have two, three, four relationships that you would, you would almost die for. Like they mean that much to you. And that's, I think you're a hundred percent right, dude. You get up there. It's not that it, there's nobody up there. There is, there's lots of people, but 
but you're you're having less but more deep conversations. I think that's so true. And you just have to find different communities because yeah. there's thousands and thousands and thousands of people. I mean, even if you take the top 10%, that's still millions and millions and millions of people. <laughs> yeah, so uh, I it don't know. I was just going to say, you know, one of the things I'm not afraid to admit these days, I used to be afraid to admit this. I'm not afraid. I pay for my friends. Yeah. And what I mean is I invest to get into circles where I know those people are. And, and I'm not saying that I pay for their time, but I, I pay to, to know that somebody has gathered those people and I'm going to pay to be there. And I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that because it's something where I can, I can connect with people like you and, and others and say, Hey, you know I mean? Had I not been in the GoBundance world, I now never would have met you. I never would have been connected. And I come to your your party and I meet, you know, Nick Medina, who's become a dear friend of mine. And, you know, he's owns multiple businesses, truly successful entrepreneur. And how, he's just changed the way I thought. But again, I don't invest that. I don't get that. And so I'm, I'm not ashamed to say that anymore. Yeah, it's so true. And, and even back to the lonely at the top, I mean, you, we went golfing together and you brought a guy named Jake that had been listening to my podcast and, and Jake and I still talk. And I met one of Jake's mentors when we were sitting at that lunch, I think I told you this, or maybe I was telling Jake this. When we were sitting at that lunch, Jake was telling me his story and he was talking about this mentor that like pulled him out of the gutter. My wife and I were at a Christmas event last December in Dallas and I met his mentor and the guy's telling me his story. And I was like, for some reason, I felt like I had heard this story before and I'm connecting these dots and it was Jake's mentor. That's crazy. Isn't that wild? That is crazy. So tell and that's to your point, right? There's, there, you, it's interesting. You go to the top and a lot of people know people because there are less people up there. The traffic jams are all at the bottom. There's yeah. no doubt about that. Yeah. But those people up there, man, you get to know. I mean, I play basketball with Jake and then he gets to know you and you know his mentor. And, and Jake is one of the purest, amazing humans yeah. on the world. And, yeah. and so it's like, that. you're right. It does get less conversations. Yeah. But yeah, I, I think that. I, I, I connected, you know, it's funny, you know, you mentioned Pete Vargas, Pete Vargas and I met at a Brennan Burchard event, I don't know, six, seven years ago, right before he launched Adventure Reach. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, and so, you know, I knew, I knew Pete, I was at his office in Colorado, we chatted before he really took off and then he took off and now he's, he's impacting people everywhere. But, but, uh, but the whole point that the, the success circle is smaller, but man, there's some deep people up here. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's I should say up there. Yeah. I feel like I'm still climbing. Yeah, me too. Um, I think that's where the connection is. And honestly, I'm not, I'm not really interested in surface conversations and this has definitely not been one of those. And so I appreciate your time, Mike, where, um, where can people find you and any last words? Yeah. Yeah. So two easiest places are Instagram and YouTube. Uh, we put out content every single week on both. Uh, uh, we're in the middle of video teams. So we were putting out a video every single day on YouTube and we, we usually do. Uh, but our team is is transitioning. So, but YouTube's a great place to find me as well as Instagram. I am Mike Fritz is my Instagram handle. You can find me there. DM me. Let me know where you're at. Um, I'd love to love to connect anybody that's uh, that's uh, that's in this world and, and you're listening to Mike. You're in you're in the right place. So so it's been an honor to chat with you today, brother. And again, these are the kinds of conversations I just love having. I have zero like it always. It, you probably feel like this too. We talk about Christmas parties. A Christmas party at your house. I had much better, I had much more fun than the ones at my family's because we don't talk about this stuff in my family. You know, it's your family Christmas. Yeah. Well, and that's a great point. You know, if you're not happy with your circle, if you're, 
you know, I've said this so many times, if you look around and you're not inspired, you don't have a circle, you're, you're in a cage. Right. And so it's such a great point because if, if you're not inspired or happy with where you're at and what you change it, change it. Totally. Totally. And I think some people accept it like, well, I just, this is just, you know, I've been hanging out with Jim since we were in high school. So Jim is just my closest friend. And I'm like, I'm not saying you have to stop hanging out with Jim, but there might need to be some additions that change your mind, you know? Yep. sitting home and drinking playing video games isn't gonna fulfill your calling then it's time to <laughs> it's time to shift yeah totally well you know, mike the, it has been awesome brother. definitely been a pleasure and i appreciate um the way you're showing up in the world and i appreciate you sharing your wisdom with my my tribe so thank you so much mike it's been just such a pleasure brother thank you If you've found value in this episode and you know someone who's wanting to start or move further along in their journey toward investing for freedom, I would be forever grateful if you would share this show with them and help me get this message out to more listeners. Also, if you enjoy what you've heard, I would appreciate it if you take 30 seconds and leave me a five-star review and share this with your friends. And until the next episode, cheers to moving further along in your journey of investing for freedom.